This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Hey, welcome to today's episode of War Room Moments. I have a special guest with me today um, from the great state of Montana, where I grew up myself. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, hey, Scott, uh, just kind of getting started here. Why don't you tell the audience a little little bit about yourself, what your superpower is, and uh, we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, so Scott Siri and I'm a copywriter. I basically do a big gamut of writing from ghostwriting books, blogging, case study copywriting, landing pages, pretty much you name it. I can put my name on it and I can put the words in the right place. A uh, couple superpowers are one, I can take really complex uh, ideas and concepts. I worked in finance for a very well-known financial advisor for about eight years. And I had to take these really complex financial advisory type things and turn them into something that the everyday person could read. Uh, the other superpower is when a business lets me do it, I can weave in some really snarky and sarcastic humor that a lot of people, they'll read it and they won't actually understand it. But when they do understand it, they find it to be rather hilarious. <laughs> and so... Getting away from that really dry, boring business copywriting and just turning it into something fun. Yeah, I think we're we miss the mark a lot on that nowadays with because everything's just so serious all the time in business, right? Yeah, and we just miss that mark of you know putting some comedy into things. I mean, look at I don't can't remember who it was I was talking to about the squatty potty, right? I mean. <laughs> the the commercial that they had for yeah. for squatty potty you couldn't help but watch it i mean it was just... with, the, with the unicorn on the toilet yeah yeah right yeah. you know poop and ice cream and an ice cream cone you know mm-hmm. i mean it's it just catches your eye right and yeah uh whether you like that kind of thing or not it's kind of gonna bring you a chuckle no matter what so mm-hmm. anyway yeah, so uh, th- thanks for the introduction and, you know, going into that vein of copywriting and content and all these things, what are you seeing as the trends um, with copywriting, how people are doing it wrong, doing it right, all these different things? How are you seeing trends form and shape uh, in this kind of new marketplace we're in? I'd say the biggest trend is the length that people think needs to be done. Uh, it was real long form copy and some of these copywriters still do this. And it's just, you scroll forever on a landing page and you go through 10,000 words just to get to the bottom to the sign up now button. Uh, or you'd see the ultimate guide to blah, 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 or the complete extensive exhaustive guide to whatever. And now it's going, you know, especially with things like TikTok, where you can only have, I don't know, 10 seconds, 20 seconds. People want 
the information. They don't want to scroll through and get, okay, build up, build up, build up, build up, and finally get the answer. They want, here's what you need to know. Here's how to solve your problem. And so a lot of it's going to this actually short form copy. These sales pages and landing pages are going from 10,000 words down to 200 words where here's where we're at. We see this problem. Here's how we can solve your problem. Done. And then you click to learn more and then you can dive in as much as you want. But those pages are condensing quite a bit. Yeah, I've actually noticed that too. Um, Just in the in like the supplement world, all these different places, things are definitely shortening up. And obviously it's a, we're in a world of instant gratification and very, very short attention spans, right? Yeah. We're all consumers too. So I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we forget to step back and put the other consumer hat on and go, would I want to read all that? (laughs) Yeah. And I think some of it too is just, we've seen it so much now people can weed through the BS and they realize that the longer you talk, it's just like this car used car salesman that goes on and on and on and gets you irritated. And so whatever, I'll sign the papers just to get it, get out of here. People see that and they just say, okay, just give me the facts. Give me the details. How's this going to make my life better? I don't need these long drawn out sales pitches. Yeah. Right. So what's the difference between copywriting and content so content is more of conversational just a flow so like a blog is a content marketing where if i'm writing for xyz company i talk about you know their product and how it's being used in the marketplace and then i have a little call to action say hey this is how this is how it can help with your life copywriting is more of you set this premise that uh, you can do this. You can do this with our help. Here's how we get it done together. And so it kind of builds that up and it takes a, it kind of convinces the person. It's more of a using their psychology, using the product, using how they, how you make their life better. And it wraps it all up into you got this, let's do it together type thing. And then how ultimately people want to buy because oh, I can do it. I'm going to use these guys to help me do it. Right. Now, I I can personally tell, I think, most of the time probably when somebody had a professional copywriter write something versus they did it themselves. Because um, yeah. it always seems like when people uh, try to write stuff themselves, it's it's more of a passive voice. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not that active because they're so married to the product that they think they're selling it, but that's kind of what they're doing. And good copywriters sell without selling, right? Yeah. <laughs> A lot of times when somebody is trying to write their own copy, they'll get too bogged down in like details on what it does and how it functions and all those really cool things that the end user really doesn't care. Like for me, I'm not a car guy. So I really don't care that my, the new Honda Civic has X, Y, Z engine and such and such manifold and intake exhaust, whatever. I want to know, does it get good gas mileage, get me from A to B and is it going to break down all the time? And so so a car guy trying to sell the car is going to go into all these details about the sweet new engine upgrades. And I say, 
is it better than the last one? Is it going to last <laughs> me a long time? Is it going to cost me an arm and leg to operate? Other than that, it doesn't, I don't care if it's this engine versus that engine. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. It's a good point to make with that for sure. Cause I've, I've obviously known lots of business owners that have been so married to their product that it's actually counterproductive when they write. Mm-hmm. So because of that very reason that you're talking about. Oh, well, you take merchanting, right? This is a perfect example. Merchant accounts, right? Nobody wakes up in the morning and goes, I think I want a new merchant account today, right? <laughs> but So how, how do you effectively engage somebody in, in that whole process of convincing somebody, well, actually you do need a new merchant account. And here's the reason why. But then typically you'll get an operator on, right? Somebody that is a numbers person and they're going all into, well, the Pythagorean theorem of X minus two divided by 26 equals uh, 26.5. What the hell's my rate? (laughs) Yeah. How much money am I saving and what's my new rate? That's it, right? Yeah. But but we've all ran into those folks, right? That just super deep dive into the weeds. And that's what turns most people off, is that. Mm-hmm. So that effective copywriting is really, really important. For yeah. Sure. And things like that. It just comes down to, I, there's a bunch of different scenarios you can do. I usually use one of two. I either use a perfect world example. And so in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to worry about our merchant account. It just all run smoothly and we get the best rates possible. Or I use the uh, kind of, if you don't, or here's where you're at now, and you're kind of struggling through and you're doing way more work than you need to, and you're probably paying more than you need to, here's how we can make that better. And so for me personally, I was with the one merchant account and they advertised, you know, bottom cut rate, you know, 0.1% swipe fees and all this stuff. And then when I actually went back and audited it after a year and all their compliance fees and annual report fees and all these other things actually bumped me up to closer to 6% what I was paying. And so I went with just a flat 2.9% account that had everything wrapped into one. And then half these merchant guys are coming out of the woodwork being like, oh, you're way overpaying. I'm like, I checked into this. If you guys didn't have all these hidden fees, you'd be a lot better. But, you know, these guys, I pay more probably, but it makes my life so much easier that I don't have to worry about any of that. And so I didn't, I did all my own research, but a good copywriter would have just said here. Yeah. It's a little bit more, but we take all the stress out of it. You worry about nothing. And so that's why I leave them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, you being in business for so many years, right. And in the copywriting business, you know, what is, What's a struggle that you have faced in all your years of business that you could really share with a young CEO that's coming up to prevent them from making that same mistake? And how, how did you, you know, how'd you overcome it? I'd say twofold. The first one is just promote the heck out of yourself tell anyone and everyone what you do. I, for the longest time, didn't want to 
irritate my social media friends and family. And so I very minimally post on there about what I did until kind of went through a struggling period and finally got some outside help, a mentor. And they're just like, you need to start posting every day for 40 days, post something about what you do and why it helps. And I had people that contacted me that I've known for 20 years. And they're like, oh, I had no idea you did this. Like, Mm. really? Uh, The second one is find that mentor, find that outside help. Uh, Don't try to do it all yourself. Sometimes it's expensive, but make it work because that the class I took last year cost me $4,500 and it, it paid for itself 10 times over. Uh, It was just all the information and all the good stuff that how to do it and how to do it better. I just was phenomenal on how much benefit it came in. It looks like a big expense, but it'll, if it's a good one, it pays for itself and it takes so much pressure off of a new person, somebody that doesn't know what they don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, I obviously agree with that. I've, you know, educated myself very heavily through mentors and, 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 and all those things over the years. And, you know, if it doesn't pay itself back, then one or one or two things have happened. You either didn't implement, right. Or you got bad guidance. Well, there's a little bit of that going on too. Right. So um, I call them the COVID coaches. <laughs> COVID coaches that popped up um, mm-hmm. or mentors, whatever. Right. So, you know, do your research on people, do your research, look at how long they've been around in the game and the, the people that they've served and so on and so forth. But yeah, yeah. Me- mentorship is, is huge. It really is. And there's different, you know, there's different kinds of help, right. That different types of companies need. Sometimes you just need a consultant to come in and, and help you through some processes and, and you're good to fly. Or some companies need that long-term two, three years of, of help, which is what we do at SAP um, is that more long-term relationship. So Anyway, I hope that uh, any young young man or young woman that's aspiring to be a CEO takes that bit of advice because it's always good to hear these things from other people, right? Mm-hmm. That have been there and done that. And that's an arrow if you if you're listening um, on this podcast, it's an arrow you shouldn't have to take. And if you do, you you weren't listening. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so to kind of close things up a little bit, Scott, um, I like to ask this question. If you could pick someone that could have attended this call with us today, dead, alive, doesn't matter, um, who doesn't matter who it is, but you could ask that one burning question to that's been on your mind for years, maybe who, who would have you had and what would have the question been? I've heard questions like this before. It's always really hard because there's so many great people out there that Mm -hmm. they all offer different areas of expertise. And I would probably narrow it down. I don't know if this is the exact right person, but Tim Ferriss, he wrote the four hour work week. 
I read his book and he made it sound just super easy. Uh, one of his things in there was if you want to go on an extended vacation, don't try to rent your house out. Just set up a system that makes you an extra, you know, if your mortgage is a thousand dollars a month, it just makes you an extra thousand dollars a month. Like if I could just set up a system that made me a thousand dollars a month, I just do like a hundred of those and I'd never work again. But, <laughs> and so I want to talk to him and say, obviously there's a big learning curve and obviously you put in a lot of work. How long and how much did you have to do before you found that groove that really worked for you? And so, because we all, we all see these guys and they, they're famous and they have everything going for them, but we don't see, and we rarely even hear their backstory and how many times they wanted to give up and how many times they did give up and how many iterations of this project did you go through before you landed on the one that worked? And so just kind of a very candid, real conversation with him or some of these other guys like Tony Robbins or Gary Vee or all these big names that are make it look so easy. It wasn't easy. It wasn't always easy for them. And so I want to know, am I on the right track? Do I just keep pushing forward or, you know, do I need to be changing it up more often? Yeah, that's a great question. I've always said that it's, there's a reason why every doesn't own a business. And it's because it's hard. Small business is hard. It's really hard. It's different if you're a hired gun CEO somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you still have responsibility, but but business is just hard. And if it were easy, everybody would be doing it, right? So, you know, I, I know just in my own business life, I, I can't even count the number of failures I've had. There's been so many, whether it was just a failure on a project, whether it was a failure with an entire business model, um, we all go through it. And the difference I think is whether you get back up again, dust off and you keep going. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it, the easy thing about it is it's easy to measure results. That part's pretty easy to do. <laughs> and, and measuring results doesn't always have to be in your bank account either, right? So because you can be on the right path and it's not necessarily creating um, cash flow yet, right? That's the key is the yet part. And I have seen a lot of business owners pivot too quickly and they were on the right track and they pivoted themselves right off the right track, right? Just because they weren't patient enough to let something, it just goes back to the people just, they want results and they want them right now. And that's just not the world we live in, right? I mean, you don't start a company from scratch and just think in four months, it's just going to, right? Can it happen? Sure. Is that typical? No. <laughs> I think most people know that, but mm-hmm. but all the, you know, Hollywood and they all skew stuff, right? And we have to realize that that's, that's not the real world. It's definitely what I want to make sure the younger generation doesn't get caught up in is that. Yeah. So. And a lot of people, they have a great idea for business and they're very hard workers and they think, oh, I'm going to be different. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to be that unicorn that blows it out of the water in six months. And the reality is, no, you're not different. You're not going to 
you're, you you might, but more than likely, you're just going to put in the hard work like everyone else. You'll do well if you just keep at it. Yeah, and right. Keeping those dreams high, but expectations reasonable. It's yeah. the way to go. For sure. And there's a reason why, you know, a startup is considered a startup for five years, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's a reason behind that. Um, and there's a reason why 90 some percent of businesses fail in their first five years. Some of it's expectation, right? Yeah. Um, but it's like I say at the end of the day, I'd rather work 80 hours a week for myself than 40 for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. When I t- talk to people about starting new businesses and they kind of have this little idea, but they're scared to go out on their own, I always can tell them to consider just do it on the side for a little while, prove your concept Mm. first. And then once you start seeing it work and you've worked out some of the bugs, then you can take that risk. And it's a whole lot easier. That's how I did mine. I just started with writing a blog for a local, uh, local website. And I realized, okay, I got this kind of down. And I started branching out to more and more and just reaching out to more magazine owners and blog owners and business owners and scaled it up until I could quit my job and didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. The art of the side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> and then that way, you know, if I never wanted to pursue it anymore, you know, it's just a side hustle and I'm making a few hundred extra dollars a week and enhancing my lifestyle without the risk. And so, yeah. Well, awesome. Well, Scott, thanks for being here. Um, how do people get a hold of you to work with you? Uh, probably the easiest way is scottseary.com. S-C-O-T-T-S-E-R-Y.com. From there, it should have links to all my social media accounts. But if you Google Scott Siri, those should come up as well. I'm the only one with that name that I know of. So very easy to find on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are the ones that I use. Uh, From there, messages, emails, I generally check multiple times a day. And so I'm pretty quick at following up with things. Yeah. And you're also one of the directors over at Rogue Publishing as well, correct? Yes. Which is another really great company that you're involved with. A little different experience for an author coming into that, coming into that model. So anyway, roguepublishingpartners.com, right? That's the website over there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Great. Well, hey, Scott, thanks for being here. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your business business day to be here um, and share some knowledge with our audience. And uh, yeah, I just appreciate you being here. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I had fun. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for uh, either watching and or listening this episode of War Room Moments. Um, I am your podcast host, Jason Miller. And always remember, dream it, believe it, and achieve it. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we'll see you on the next episode.